Um, there's definitely going to be a little beep here, I think. <laughs>
<laughs> That's right. several steps ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a small thing. That's just big brother stuff right there. That's what makes I us think, tick. I think we can say, Nick, that that is entirely your fault. Yeah. Yes. That is entirely of your own making. Yes. Yeah, I'm a Christian and um yeah. No, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. <laughs> no. You have to you have to be a Christian with two doctorates. Yeah. Yeah. Um now we've all had some some uh we got some stories. I suppose we want to go somewhere. We got some stories we want to tell, but we've all, you Mike, know, it's been a while. We got since... it. Yeah, it is it has and we're going to talk about some current affairs. Well, I first I've got to explain uh, well, you guys got to ask me how my Pactum thing went. You well, know. I was going to say, bro, hang on. Yeah. Isn't there a yeah. conference to talk about? Yeah, exactly. Because uh, there we go. Probably one of the nicest things to come out of that conference was this yeah, Yeti. Man. The already not Yeti. You know? I got there a Yeti. Is. Oh, this is such a beautiful thing. Thank you. What? Pat Why are you calling it a Yeti? That's what so it's called. It's the brand it's of Cup. You can't see there on the webcam, but yeah, yeah. I've never heard that in my yeah. life. Yeah, so this thing has kind of changed my life. I mean, I had like a really terrible you version of it. Yeti. Hey? What's that? Sorry, I just made a joke. No one got it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay, but like, seriously, this is um, this is an amazing device. Yeah, it's really good. Because it's it's kind of stopped my heart palpitations, basically. You know, you just, you just manage your coffee intake. You know, you Hang just... Hang on a second. Yeah. Nick, are you saying you have a Pactum Yeti as well? No, just a normal Yeti. So that's like a like a standard cup that people brand. They put their own branding on it. Uh, but they're quite pricey though. I'm surprised you have one. I was given it for free. Nice. For who who who? I was just about to say, because if like if you guys have Pactum Yetis and I don't, then I'm asking what's going on. I do have some t-shirts for you guys, and I've got one of those wood carvings from Austin. Nice. Yes. And uh, I didn't, he he sent a whole bunch and I wasn't able to bring them all back because of like, I mean, you should have seen the one he made for you, Andre, this, this colossal, you know, like pluck thing, you know, it was Great. amazing. Won it. Won but it. I, just, I couldn't nice. fit it in. I took all the wood. <laughs> Eventually I had like 10 kilograms worth of wood in my bag <laughs> and, uh, and I, I made it somehow, I made it home um, with all of that extra weight. But anyways, uh, so I got a little token. Uh, thing for each one of us, and I've already worn your T-shirt, Andre. So I'm just wearing it in for you. So, so it's giving me, it's giving me nice and I'm cozy, cozy and warm. It could be like the loincloth situation all over again. I mean, you were you were coming to New Zealand this coming uh, thing, so I, I thought, well, just one wear before you get here, it's going to be fine. Yeah. But now you're yeah. only coming next year, so now I'll wear it a few more times for you. It's an authentic look. <laughs> yeah, that worn in, that worn in, yeah vibe. Yeah. So, so anyways, tell us about the conference, bro. Yeah, Being conference is great. With some of the big boys. Yeah, very uh, thankful for for the Paxton guys and what they put on there in the states. Um, yeah, it was good. I mean, it was an excellent. I, it was it was fantastic to just kind of meet the team and and um, uh, just to get hang uh, just to get hang out get get to hang out with <laughs> Omar <laughs> Monday, Monday morning. morning. <laughs> You're forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> and Monday morning, this is the one downside of the Paxton. Not the Pactum, the Pactum Yeti. Um, <laughs> I call it the Pactum now for short. So it's kind of confusing. But um, one of the downsides is that you you drink your coffee slowly because it's always hot, but then you just kind of stay dumb the whole day. You know, that's the other side. That's right. It never yeah. really actually kind of wakes you up, which is good because it's less coffee. But I don't know. It, do we want the flavor or do we want the kick? This is the, this is the question I've been asking myself lately due to the Yeti. I know what I um, want. 
I know, I know which way I'd go in that one. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm basically um, just drinking it from the cafetiere. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I don't even, I don't even get it into a mug first. It just goes. It's just something about the hotness, though. It's just nice, nice. Maybe I'm getting old or something. Maybe that's the thing. Where you just want a yes. hot drink. You know, Your you don't, want, you don't even bones. want to like charge like you. You know, when, <laughs> you used to, you used to just like espressos. Another espresso. <laughs> now it's just like all about that you slow, just want to be warm. easy vibe. You just want to put be your warm. slippers on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, Slow it down. Enjoy the moment. So, no, it was good. And um, the sessions, I mean, it was fantastic meeting the Abendroth brothers. Um, yeah. And I actually got to meet uh, Mike Abendroth's son as well, Luke Abendroth. So hopefully if all things plan out well, we'll we'll, um, we'll get them all, you know, on, on the show again. And, and, and definitely mm. um, if anyone has, doesn't know about Mike Abendroth's No Com- Compromise Radio, you should check that out. So I um, really appreciated the feedback and just talking to some of the guys because you've got a unique cross-section there of people coming out of dispensationalism and into covenant theology and maybe in the middle and just trying to figure out, you know, where they stand. So, um, <clears> you know, I, I, just because we've suffered so much in the space ourselves, I think I was able to be of some help to some people and, nice. uh, and that's super rewarding. So that was good. Yeah. And I believe you had a real uh, cross-cultural experience. You know, you had to sign autographs. Mike Abendroth told me how to do that. <laughs> Did, you? Did you? Yes. Oh, my goodness. I, I, we sold a bunch of books. It was crazy. Um, and I'm like signing autographs. And so eventually Mike pulls me aside. He goes, listen, that's not the way you do it. I meant to write a little message. <laughs> yeah, what were you just signing? Yeah. You were just like literally putting a signature yeah, on Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, just, I don't want to be like corny, you know. I don't want to be... So anyway, so just like, I got school. Yeah. I got yeah. school. So, I, to be honest, if there was, uh, I'm sort of glad you're inexperienced at that. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, no, it was, it was, it's very humbling, you know, when, when someone asks you to sign, you know, the book. It's like, why on earth would you want me to do that? It's such a very yeah. strange experience. And then, and then you do okay. it and you're like, I'm sorry that I've just flipping wrecked your book now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't even like, write in my own book. Exactly. Yeah. I just like, there's, there's no chance you can give it back now for a refund. Exactly. It's not, you can't get a refund now. Like, I think in New Zealand, there's a bit of a scarring that happens because books cost such a lot of money after the, the postage and everything. You're like, dude, mm. ain't nobody writing on my book. I don't care who you are. So, yeah, yeah. anyway, but no, it was very humbling and very, you know, it was just great. Always led to some conversations, which was nice. You know, you just sort of connect, uh, you know, usually the people that that want you to actually sign the book are people that, you know, they they care about what you've said at some level. So it always, it always leads to this really cool moment, you know, where where you're talking to them. So I appreciated that as well. And what were your talks? What, what did you end up talking on again? Um, so they are all on the pactum. So they, I think they've all been released at this point. Um, if anyone does want to check that out, but that's uh, just we we did the two ages basically. So it was a conference on eschatology, and um, mine was the logic of the two ages, and then uh, and I kind of mapped it out from the Old Testament. Um, this is what we mean when we say two ages, and then in the um, uh, the second session, more focused on the new creation, the already not yet dynamic as it unfolds. So I did like a whole biblical biblical survey in two sessions, nice. which is which is uh, quite a thing. But yeah, it, you know, again, I think people you realize with the feedback afterwards, like there are some guys, you know, even though it's it's quite basic, you know, nothing. I mean, I didn't pitch it at any scholarly level, or anything like that. Just a basic sort of run through. Um, but yeah, just just to connect those dots sometimes is. Uh, what people really need, you know, and, and mm-hmm. they haven't done that yet. And it's a profound, you know, it's a profound experience to be the, the, 
I mean, we all know this. Not, not you don't have to go to a conference, but every time you preach, you know, when someone, when someone has not yet understood how this thing has pointed to Christ or is part of this message as a whole. I mean, that's for me personally. Maybe it's because I'm such a biblical theology nerd. I don't know, but but that's what makes me tick right there. Amen. You know, you know, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and anyway, actually, having anytime. listened to. I've listened to so I'm listening to them as they come out on the Pactum podcast. So I've, I've heard your one, uh, first one. I think Mike's uh, two talks, Mike Evendroth's talks, and actually they've all been excellent so far. I yeah. thought you really yeah. did well. In fact, I sent I sent your talks to my elders um, so they could listen to as well because I just thought it, it's great yes. stuff. Great stuff for them to yeah, you know to to be in on yeah. Um, but also thought Mike Evendroth did a did a great oh. job as well. Killer. We listened to his uh, his one on the lie of final justification on the way back from the FIEC leaders conference. So we we're in the Beautiful. car together listening right. to that. So that was great. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, no, they were excellent sessions, all of them. Yeah. Fantastic. Good. Now you also hey, hang on, yeah, hang on. Yeah, you yeah. preached at another conference, Mike. Oh yes. Well, I took. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> so Anthony was running a, an X twenty nine conference. Um, uh, with that's uh, Jared Wilson. That's the pastor's justification. Oh guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys yeah. read it. Everyone Very nice guy, Jared Wilson. Yeah, Jared Wilson's like a super for anyone that doesn't know. Like, um, I had always thought of him as a kind of very um, uh, Ray Ortlandish kind of writer. Right. right. So I'd always yeah. sort of in my mind, yeah. he was very really Ray Ortlandish, you know, it's just that I'd never known there was any real connection between the two, but apparently they shared a building in their church plant and they knew each other really well. And so like Ray Ortland actually like full on pastored him and he had this like a major awakening with, with Ray Ortland. So there we go. My intuition was correct. That was pretty cool. <laughs> um, I would imagine that there's no other way. Like if you're going to be with an Ortland, you're going to oh, have an awakening, life is awakening of some kind. Well, you know, you <laughs> should, I, I won't uh, tell the story. I think that's too personal from from his end but yeah he did have a quite a an amazing experience there so anyway we'll leave that alone now but um uh yeah he so the great book though by the way i do remember reading past justification i hope getting the title right i think that's right yeah that's um, it. yeah yeah, yeah sure and it, right. it it was just like every pastor does have to read that at some point i think i read it just right in the right place for me you know uh, is the, that the one the right where he window. takes the doctrine of justification and then applies it to the pastor pretty much pretty much yeah. but it's not okay. it's not like i mean i don't know again it's it's not it's not very systematically outlaid it's more just you know it's just a mm. processing a contemplation of this whole idea in, in light of various his exposure to ministry and and uh how how we can't forget to actually put this in you know some feed on it you know what this actually would look like as we work it out so yeah it's been a while since i read it but it was very good so anyway uh, he was at the he was at the conference we we landed there and um and so i asked anthony I'm just coming straight out of this other one in, in Pactum. You know, I, I can blend and amend, you know, these two talks and try and squeeze them into one and shape it around this uh, theme, which was uh, to do with the one another, which actually worked really well because I thought, geez, that's a great, that's a great, you know, the one another and the already not yet is what the talk was called. Uh, is great. It, it works so well, actually. So anyway, that was fantastic. Um, so went through that, got to hang out. I, I was on... Um, I was on the, the, there's another podcast in New Zealand. Do you guys know about Fill Me In? I know Phil Brown. <laughs> you know Phil Brown, yeah. <laughs> I, I had the great Fill Me In, as in P-H-I-L, Fill Me In. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. So it was great chatting to him as well. So um, yeah, 
there's some fodder. I'm not sure where that comes out. I suppose it'll be on the X29 website. So if anyone does want to check out that and fill me in as well, I think it's just type fill me in on the on the Spotify thing and you'll get to fill me in full brown. And uh, what else? That's it for me. Now, you were causing some trouble, Andrew. Well, I was trying not to, Mike. You went to a conference and you were one of those pesky conference guys. Yeah. Well, I I did go to a conference. And um, first of all, one of the highlights of any conference is the the bookshop, right? Yes. And I did pick up an absolute gem of a book by Michael Haken on retrieving or recovering a Baptist sacramentology. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, You know, the one, the Lexham Press publication. Excellent. Um, and I, I read it I read it the other day and it was yes, just yeah, great. Fantastic. Beautiful, beautiful. So it's just I mean, I've been looking for this. I've been looking for like a one-stop shop resource to have citations to show how the thinking has developed and uh, waxed and waned in Baptist history in the UK. And it's like everything is there for me. So it's it's fantastic. Mm. Um, so that was great. Uh, also great to see friends from across the UK who I only pretty much ever see once a year at these conferences. But um, I always went into the conference. The FIC, look, I'm an FIC man. I love the FIC. Uh, but it's a, it's a, it's broadly evangelical, uniting around nine fundamental points of doctrine and a couple of position papers so you know it's it's complementarian and it has so this is this is going somewhere just in case people are wondering it is going this is getting to an exciting end this is the positive this is the positive part of the feedback sandwich right so i'm doing the i'm doing the yeah but you gotta let people know what you what you want to talk about i mean like you 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 cause trouble it was about the two kingdoms there we go now we got the hook in All right, now you can tell your boring story. Okay, so so basically, one of the things that I was really excited about is that they were doing a seminar on on Two Kingdom Theology and Van Drunen. Actually, the seminar was pretty much on David Van Drunen. Um, And so I went along, really excited about it. Um, You know, a friend of mine, Dan Strange, who uh, has been on uh, Two Age Sojourn a very, very long time ago podcast. It was just me and him uh, where the sound was so bad it was barely audible, but... Yeah, but he was there, and he's not a two kingdom guy. No, he? he's, uh, no, he's de- he's definitely not a two kingdom guy. <clears throat> um, but you know, I, I, he's a, he's a great guy. I respect him, and so he's on the panel. the The president of London Seminary, uh, which used to be London Theological Seminary, which is like the Reformed Baptist training training seminary in the UK, pretty much. Uh, he's there up on the panel, and John Stevens, the director. Uh, of the FIEC is on the panel, and Paul Mellard, who's the kind of head of the theological team at the FIEC, he's he's chairing the whole session. Is and it, so was he, it Brian uh, Davis? Sorry to interrupt. Was it Brian Davis? <clears throat> is this the principal? No, not Brian Davis. It's it's now Bill James. Brian okay. Davis. Uh, yeah, I think he goes back away. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay. Um. Anyway, so so Bill James uh, is up there, and they and uh, Paul Mallard he, he starts by giving this this very quick but very good introduction to Van Drunen's book Living God's Two Kingdoms. So it's, it's five ten minutes. He just blitzes through it, um, and he asks like, how many people in? It's a room full of like I don't know two hundred people, three hundred people. I'm terrible at numbers, but it was a big room filled with people. How many people have read the book? And I, you know, from what I could see, I was sitting around at the front, but I looked back briefly. I reckon about 10 hands went up, went up maybe. So not many people had 
heard of Van Drunen or read the book. Okay, so that's red flag number one. Second, and so then they basically open it up to the panel, who um, who's, who give their they got three minutes to basically give their take on 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 Van Drunen. And uh, John Stevens was was kind of gracious about it, but ultimately disagreed with Van Drunen. Um, Dan Strange came out strong as you'd expect him to, and uh, and again, he to in fair to Dan, he did say some positive things about Van Drunen, but but on the whole, he definitely came away with the sense that Dan did not think Van Drunen was someone we should we should pay attention to or read or, or listen to. I think deeply flawed was what um, is how he described it. And Bill James was was even worse. Bill James just <clears throat> came out with a sledgehammer and he's just swinging wild. I'm not sure if he'd even read the book, but but he came out he came out hard. Um, and so um, I'm now a little bit worried because, you know, you got like 200 people, 300 people who've, most of whom have never even heard of the guy are now getting a very, ba- a very bad first impression. <laughs> but we also, I felt so, I felt sorry for Van Drunen because we basically had um, Van Dr- an interview, a brief interview with Van Drunen at the start of the seminar. And, um, they and videoed him in, right? And they video- videoed him in. Yeah. Right. And uh, another FIEC guy was interviewing him. And they just basically said to him, look, very, very briefly, give us give us the headline. What is Two Kingdom stuff all about? You know, like what, I mean, were they what, were what they nice it? when they spoke to him or yeah, they were, yeah, they're super nice. Yeah, super okay. nice. So so was all there like friend, banter? Were they laughing and all um that? well I mean I don't know if I, I don't no, I mean they weren't trying there was an attempted banter, but it didn't it, it didn't yeah. I mean okay. it, it was a very brief interview, but it was very friendly. Okay. You know, it was it was definitely you're amongst friends, let's but then basically after that they wheeled the television out and just slammed him slammed him for like 45 minutes. Ground so, and pound. Ground and pound while he's not there. Yeah. Ground and pound. They just tied his hands behind his back and poked him in the eye. Boom. Boom. <laughs> boom. That's it. <laughs> and so um, and so I'm like, Zish, you know, so the panel do their thing and they open it up for questions. So my hand is up. Yeah, I'm up for questions. I didn't really know what I was gonna say, but I knew I wanted to say something. <laughs> <laughs> so my hand is ah, triggered. Yeah, triggered. That's it. That's all it was. All it was is pure, pure trigger. Shame. Put, put, put Dan. He he catches my eye like toward the end of it, and you can see in my face I'm not okay. So he's desperately trying to get someone to get the microphone to me. You know, like so. And last question comes to me. You know, I mean the whole thing has moved on by now. I don't. I can't really engage with anything that's been said. It's the very last question. Everybody knows it. It's just before lunch or something. So, so everyone just wants to go and have lunch. Oh, so we have up, to have another question. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So I get up and I just make the point about how actually one of Bandrinan's concerns is the law gospel distinction. And how if we if we're gonna just chuck Bandrinan out the window as it seems like everybody here wants to do. Um, how are we going to stop another Norman Shepherd thing from coming? If you're going to strip away that covenantal covenant of works, covenant of grace distinction that's undergirding mm. the whole thing, yeah. how are you going to stop us from slipping back into a, a Norman Shepherd? You know everything that or, or, or that Klein was trying to get get into, or like the Peter Lighthart stuff that's going on, or the Doug Wilson stuff that's going on, or the or even the stuff the reformers were dealing with. How are we going to stop all that? So. That's all that I could think to say. You know, in the, in the, in the, yeah. I just wanted to make everybody aware that actually this is, yeah, that's it. Um, and they couldn't. I mean, Dan, uh, Dan had, had a crack at trying to answer it. I'm not even sure. Um, uh, John Stevens made some point about not not liking the gos- the law gospel distinction. Um, Bill James, I don't think um, 
uh, saw that as a concern at all. And then uh, judging by his answer, and then uh, and Dan had a crack at it and basically just said we need to reaffirm our commitment to Solar Fide kind of thing. And so it was all all in all it was a traumatic experience. And that was like the last seminar on the last day of the the FIC Leaders Conference. So I'm just waiting for the thing to drop so that I can send it to you guys so that we can critique it and debrief it here. Oh yeah. Um, but but as a result of the question, some guys wanted to get in touch because they um I think had it, 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 they have a more Kleinian understanding of things. And so they wanted to yeah. uh, to get in touch because they liked they liked the question. And there was a great question from the back as well, basically saying, hang on a second, isn't this like a totally novel thing in church history, this transformationalist understanding of and you know and understanding <clears throat> Noah as a purely redemptive covenant? Like has anyone ever understood it like that before? Mm. Um and so great great questions, but most of the questions were, were ridiculous. They were like you know, one lady gets up and, in effect, asks something like, "Why does why does Van Drunen hate the world? You know, like you know, why doesn't he care at all about what's happening in the world?" And and um, you know, I think there were opportunities from the panel to maybe set the record straight a little bit that weren't taken. Again, in fairness to Dan, I think he probably he probably tried the most, but yeah. Mm. Uh, so let's just say I'm not send, recommending anyone goes to London Seminary in the immediate future. I'm just gonna. <laughs> Come I'm on. Just gonna hold yeah. back on well, that. I think it just goes to show how pertinent the issue is. Yes. I mean, it's well, living at a time theme, where everything is political and people don't know how to... The whole theme of the conference was justice. It was all about social justice. Oh, that was God. what the theme of the conference was. And and all the way through, from the very first talk, I I was picking up law gospel blurrings <clears throat> everywhere. Yeah, like, well, that's for me, inevitable. That was the main thing. I didn't catch anybody else echoing that concern. Um, but for me, the whole way through, we're talking about uh, the gospel was described as social action towards us, you know, and and when you're paralleling that with our social action towards others, then I mean, what do you? And it was never defined, like as well. So, so the, I, there were huge problems, mm. huge problems with the conference, mm. um, and and with some of the stuff, some excellent stuff as well, like some really good stuff came out of it, but some very very troubling stuff as well. And so I had all this going on in the back burner, and I'm thinking. All I'm seeing here is like we're already halfway down the road to the to a new kind of Norman Shepherd thing. We might as well yeah. check in our citizenship to Moscow and just join in with Doug Wilson. Like we're, sure. we're, we're there. Sure. You know what you know? the world needs? They need Mike's PhD. Come on. Do you know what? I tell you what. I tell you what. <laughs> I will say this: that Mike's book is fascinating. I'll say that. Mike. Every time oh, I read it, I think this it is, is very interesting. Brilliant. Never mind. Fascinating. It's fascinating and it's so important. And I think we all need to join together to persuade Mike to do a kind of dummies version, like a very entry-level version of his book. Definitely. Yeah. I mean a popular level version. That's uh so nice to hear. It's just like could I actually just get you guys to actually talk about this on the podcast though? <laughs> I'm talking about it now. No, I think right, what right, we should course. do is we should go through your book on the podcast, Mike. What do you think? I think that would be a great idea. <laughs> yeah. And we could turn it into kind of a dummies version. We could kill two birds with one stone. Your wish is my command, you know, except, yeah. you know, just, man, to get you guys to play. So so the whole um, the whole thing, yeah, we're trying this slut, just so people know. If, if we experience this extreme decline of, you know, engagement and uh, just listeners and it just the graph just goes down to the very bottom, it's because we're trying this little thing. Where uh, we just can't, we we have struggled to get our uh, 
uh, just get our schedules to work out because we've got like a double daylight saving problem and everything. Um, so during summer, especially, but um, we have, uh, tr- we're going to try this Monday thing, which is like not working too well so far, but hopefully that will, that will give us some more regularity and then we're able to mm-hmm. kind of put it together. But, uh, you know, again, I know we say this kind of every year, but we're not planning on going anywhere. It's just sometimes it gets busy. So every now and again, we, we sort of record a few less shows than normal. Um, but yeah, the goal would be to get on to that book, just at least to give people who want to read it. Cause I experienced a little bit of this in the conference, you know, um, and there I am sort of doing my, my thing and the people are buying the book thinking it's kind of connected to what I'm saying. And it is, it's just that it's like one quarter of a, of a, of a part chapter. of one chapter, you know, <laughs> and, and it's like, you have to, you know, so keep reading, but you got a lot more to get through there and it is all connected, but it's just, uh, you know, often people are just, that's too much. So just to, just to, uh, give them some way to kind of jump into the book, because I think it is important, even though it's, it's technical, it's becoming, well, maybe, it's, it, maybe just yeah. to give a headline and a, and a push for what the books, I think, the relevance of the PhD and the relevance of the book. And I think Andre, you've just, you brought up the ignorance around issues relating to how, you know, what is our role as the church in our cultural context? How does the great commission relate to the cultural mandate? You know, how do we keep the gospel clean and clear? Those are the issues that the the PhD is really addressing. And it's that they're just so necessary right now. Everything's gone political. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone's triggering on everything else. Everyone wants the church to take action in society, which is so in such a tailspin in terms of moral decline. How does the church be the church right now? Right. Because everyone feels guilty for not becoming political. Yes. Because aren't we, aren't we people who stand for truth? And there are so many lies. Are we people who stand for justice? And there's so much injustice. Yeah. Aren't you know? How can we? How can we not help the poor when there are so many poor people? Aren't we neglecting the Great Commission? And right, so these yeah. are the these are the issues people are wrestling with, and they haven't got a good covenantal framework to hang it yeah. all on. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know they might still might disagree with it at the end, but at least that shows the covenantal underpinnings of the discussion and allows people to wrestle in the right places. I think, you know, I think for me personally, in, in reflecting back on the whole thing, that's the big. <clears throat> That's the big value. I mean, someone who might hates Meredith Klein and Two Kingdoms could still read it and come away going, all right, that's where I really need to kind of nut out what I believe, or, or this is the big, you know, the, the issue. This is the, the you know, rather than just, just back and forth on the blogosphere and all these sort of random little quips everywhere, let's get to the, the actual substructural issues because that's where it, and I, I think there are, and as I say, there are some, you know, I haven't developed this, but but I think there are some potential avenues for ways to overcome weird little points of impasse um perhaps not completely solving the the problem but i think there are you know it'd be interesting if people actually just did focus on the right place you might find that that we're able to talk past some blockades and um and move forward anyway so so yeah i think it is worthwhile um so we will look at that as we go forward. We will try and uh, just do a little spiel on that. So if you are hanging out for that one, just uh, hang out a little bit more and we'll get there. Um, we just got to get through this end of the year, man. It's end of semester, end of freaking everything. It's just, whew, it's, uh, it's a lot. And then uh, hopefully get a little bit more punch for the new year. Um, and then we've got some, some, uh, some exciting potential news that I think we should just throw out right now because there's no Go way we can, we're Go not going to be able to keep this in. This is it's too not, darn exciting. No. Um, yeah. So just at the X29 conference um, and 
uh, talking to Anthony and he's uh, the the director for, for X29. And he was like, well, listen, you know, why don't we think about doing something in Wellington? And I was like, okay, would you be interested in uh, hosting a two-age Sojourner conference? He's like, oh, yes, I will. And I was like, okay, let's do that. <laughs> and um, and so we'll give it a go. Yes. We'll we'll host it in yes. Wellington. At, uh, and this will be sponsored by X29. And uh, we'll see if we can rope in some, some other sponsors and, and just uh, involvements. And um, so we'll get Andre down. And Nick and I are already in New Zealand, so we're good to go. Um, and hopefully we have enough listeners to make this work here in New Zealand. Um, otherwise, feel free to fly down from the States, you know, just <laughs> show, show some extreme commitment. Um, we will buy you a coffee it, if you come from if, America. Yeah, it wants some. If anyone wants to come with me from the UK, you know, that's cool. There we go. Yeah. So, you know, what we want, so obviously we want to, we want to work that well. We want to make sure that we, um, we angle that. So I think we're going to get, try. I think that'll help us to focus some of our stuff and think about uh, what we want to do. And if that works out well, you know, we've got, we've got some friends of two age. So, you know, that would be great to get down uh, for conferences like that. But I think there's a lot of action happening in New Zealand as well. So it'd be, it'd be enough, um, be enough to talk about. That's for sure. So uh that that's that's uh and then we're gonna have to get like the i don't know we're gonna need one of these like a two-edged sojourner you know yeti thing we're gonna have to bring the merch we're gonna have to need the merch we're not gonna be able to sell the merch we'll have to just give it away that's okay that's I'm cool. okay with it and uh maybe maybe we can get a book project together and have the, have the folks leave with the two-edged sojourner book that'd be cool uh, that would also be cool mm-hmm. but this is all high and mighty talk <laughs> with very little with very little foot in reality <laughs> i don't know mike i gave you my plan i think the plan is a good one i stand yeah. by my plan okay well i'll keep the plan under wraps until we talk it through with nick and uh and then we could have something here folks this could be exciting but anyways i'm just uh keen to hang out with these guys and we'll do we'll kind of work it out like a we'll do a little talk and a and a pod and a talk and a pod and a talk and a pod so it'll be it'll be fun and um and so that's coming up around the end of the year november last half of november that's what we know for sure uh at this point so good that's our news now what else do we have anything else to say or should we just wrap this up as Uh, one more point of news oh you Uh, what have you been doing nick we haven't got around to you i became a grandfather you became a grandfather and you've been making lots of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> and the two necessarily go together. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 40, 46 and a granddad. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's fantastic. It's, you look you look like a granddad. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I now the have the right is... to grow the granddad beard. Yeah, That's I'm going to go for the big one. I'm going to see, what, yeah. see how long I can tolerate it. See yes. how long my wife can tolerate we it. Should, yes. We should have a thing where none of us trim our beard until the, uh, until the conference. She's, I'm in. If you're doing it, oh, I've already, I've already made a promise to cut it off October next year. Why, Why? would you do that? Why? My wife wants to take me on holiday, so I've got to. Oh goodness, Lynn, <laughs> dude, you can't have a short beard at the conference. No, it's going to be embarrassing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's oh, right. No. Just try and fake it somehow. Just, just. Say it's back hair that's coming forward rather yeah. than. See, if you go sit, lie on the beach, you know, you, you'll get like 10 lines, beard, beard lines. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's fun, though. <laughs> Protects you from skin cancer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One of you the many benefits turns. of having a long beard. All right. Well, anyway, um, what else? So you became a grandfather. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. 
Wow. Well then, congratulations. Congrats. You win. That's the biggest one. <laughs> that's Hardly. big. That's, that's the biggest news. You win. Um, all right. Have you been into? Uh, have you been at any conferences making trouble or not? No, but I mean, we had a youth camp, but yeah, nothing, nothing fun like what uh, Andre did. Yeah, man. Imagine if Nick was there with you. Do you know what? I actually would have would have loved if Nick was there with me. <laughs> that would have been that would have been crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I had no I had no no two kingdom friends. Although um although to be fair, um uh, there are so I, at least one of my elders has read the uh uh the Van Drunen book and is a, a two kingdoms guy. Um and he also didn't like the uh the seminar at all. But um yeah, so I mean there were other people I could talk to about it, but yeah, yeah, it would have been good. It would have been good to have some uh some backup. So what would you say is the sort of main paradigm? in the FIEC, because I mean, in, in reform context, you've got neo-Calvinism, you've got a bit of mm. transformationalism, you've got some theonomic post-millennialism, you know, it, what's what's the flavor in the UK? Is it, is it sort of more of a John Stott, Laison conference, so, like yes, social I gospel light what type like. stuff, or what's, what's yeah, going on there? I, to be honest, I, I mean, I it's it's really hard for me. To, so, so, I mean, there's lots of different views in the FIEC, uh, you won't find the one size fits all approach. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's really hard to say. I think a lot of what what is being motivated, um, a, a lot of what was coming out of the conference, I think, are reflections from people who are sympathetic towards the kind of the critical race theory stuff that's been going on. So not all the way in on it, but certainly not body Borkham, you know, fault yeah. lines. Let, you know what about uh yeah. christopher wright is he sort of a made a big yeah yeah because... he's a big influence so yeah. he is yeah. the, that yeah. book Cause, is cause diabolical the mission of the church yeah. you know, the way the way that he would articulate the mission would be you know yeah. the abrahamic covenant was all about the seed blessing the nations yeah and so we as the church yeah. should bless the nations yeah one time yeah which is, is just shocking. stupid yeah no it's um i i think the i think that's that so yeah, definitely that's been a big big factor. You yeah, definitely the John Stott thing has been a big factor. Um, uh, but, you right. know, yeah, Tom Wright, huge. Uh, yeah, everyone reads Tom Wright. But but at the same time, like normally these things don't come into the FIEC, uh, you know, w- without any critique. Like I, I think it's more like an evangelical engagement with. Like Black Lives Matter stuff and evangelical <clears throat> engagement with like all the things that that have been thrown up in the recent cultural stuff, you know, mm. whether it's climate or whether it's race, Israel Palestine, Israel Palestine. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, I think and by and large the FIEC would be reformedish. You know, it would be a, a, a conservative Calvinist cessationist complementarian group. I mean, I think it's changing a bit. I think the demography is changing, and we're definitely bigger. And we're definitely broader, and and there's a wonderful warmth to the FIEC. Like I mean, the, um, and and you do feel like you are with br- w- brothers there. But but yes, I, I I think it's just more that when you when you hear some of the stuff coming down, and you're thinking, hang on a second, how can that? And, and other guys are picking up on different things as well that they don't like, but they're not quite registering at the level of two kingdoms or law gospel. Yeah, that's yeah. not where it's hitting. They need it's a framework about, to, to actually yeah. help them. Well, I think that their views. one of the things that comes out of a discussion like that, which is terrifying every now and again, it's almost like you just lift the hood every now and again yeah. to see yeah. what's going on in the engine. And um, and it's like 
yeah, you have these quips. Well, I'm I, I'm not sure that I do buy into the law gospel distinction, you know, or I'm not yes. I'm not sure that yes. that is even a reformed idea, you know, and, exactly. and like we're we're all aware that that's kind of the frame extreme. You know, uh, you but know, isn't God the Lord of every area of life? <laughs> exactly. So we all we all know that that's there. You know, in the in the kind of extreme quarters, or or you know, if you choose a certain version. But yeah, what's surprising about all of this every now and again is that yeah, you realize, man, it's just law gospel, isn't that Lutheran? Yeah, that's right? and it's just shocking. It's like it's it's a shocking reality. That's exactly right, and and the impact of it is has made me want to change. The whole course of my PhD, like I, I'm now thinking genuinely about pulling out of doing it on the the kind of uh, the reconciliation of heaven and earth and the upper realm and the the invisible realm and the visible realm and and a, a kind of biblical theological take on all that. And I'm thinking about pulling out of all that and going back into doing something two kingdoms related or law gospel related or both. You know, I think maybe that was. So it, I don't know, uh, uh, like it was that jarring an experience where I think, do you know what? Yeah. I, I can't, I can't have this. I can't, like, I, I can't, I can't just not do anything about it. You know, mm. this book looks nice. exciting. Oh, that does, exciting. that does look exciting. None of us have Brian read that yet. Yeah. No. The primary mission of the church, engaging or transforming the world. All right. Now we have to talk about my book before we talk about that one, because that's going to okay. eclipse mine forever Definitely. and ever and ever. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. But, uh, you know, I'm just once, reading this in the background. Once so I know I this today. it looks excellent. It looks excellent. And like, we, we need to spend some time in that book. I think it's going to, I think it's going to yeah. be the one. I don't know. I'm hoping. <laughs> I have high hopes. Anyway. I thought so Kevin like, DeYoung's what, book, uh, What is the Mission of the Church, was outstanding. Yeah. Which one? Yeah, which one? So, Kevin DeYoung. What is the, what the mission? Oh, mission of the Church? Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Outstanding. Simple. Accessible. Simple, yeah. yeah. And because he, he went to uh, Gordon Conwell. Mm-hmm. And that's where Klein lectured. Mm. Yeah, the nice, ghost of nice. Klein is working. Although, I, although uh, Kevin DeYoung on other stuff, I I'm not sure. Like, have you read the whole Now Holiness? No, I haven't. Okay, so read that. Okay. Uh, is it... <laughs> okay. So you'd have I'm a certain approach to uh, work. Well, I think it is just. I, I don't know. You guys might might disagree, but I, I thought I thought there was a. I'm not sure there was a law gospel distinction problem there. It was just, um, it's just basically saying about the use of the law uh, for the Christian for holiness. Um, but anyway, I, I don't want to, I don't want to give anything. To, it's been a while since I've read it, so just, just read it. I think it'd be mm. worth reading that before mm -hmm. you give it. But the, what is the mission of the church? Is a great book, mm. and it's one of the two that we've recommended to our church because we're having a big discussion about mission support and so we recommended that one yeah. also the nine marks book on mission which is quite good yeah good i mean i i suppose that's what um yeah so phd work on that definitely amen to that uh you're a lot of a lot of amens to that sort of thing that, that this is where work needs to be done and just more stuff more things more resources more talk about it i think yeah. it's always just uh, one way to help you know um and then another another thing that we could do is just start you know promoting some accessible resources you know we're talking about sort of rewriting books and stuff but actually there's there's a whole lot out there already that uh that that is just ex extremely helpful we always talk about sacred bond um uh which is that um that sort of great intro to a kleinian framework of covenant theology um and, and so and you Abendroth's had book Abendroth's book um two uh, 
you know, and and I think the, the reason Sacred Bun comes to mind for me uh, as well is because it, it sort of gears toward very very much towards this whole issue of cultural. You know, it's that it's that inevitable outcome uh, for me as I read it. Maybe I read it with lenses, but I remember thinking, okay, this is quite good in terms of the way it's it's sort of showing the obvious implication for for what what um, Van Drunen likes to bring out in the Covenant of Works yeah. and the Cultural Commission and so forth. And probably um, someone we should push a lot more who's written some excellent work but we don't, that we don't often mention him much is Horton. Oh, exactly. I keep, because I, you know, he has written the Gospel Commission. The Gospel and Commission is the book I was thinking of. Ordinary. I mean, this is like the, that's a great, great book. It's fantastic. Um, it's like I've underlined the whole thing. It's one of those books, you know, where every little sentence gets underlined. And then the other one that I always wait, which one was that? Uh, Gospel Commission by who? Michael Horton. Oh, I'm yeah. not sure. If, I'm not sure. Oh, really. oh, well, you must read that. That's like absolutely yeah. essential reading. So basically, and, you know, that God hasn't given us a blueprint for how to do government, but He's given us a blueprint for how to do church. Yeah. Mm. And just that missional creep he's against, you know, he's just like, this is what we're, One this is where we're about, you know, stop the missional creep, get, get on focus again. Um, and then the, 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 what I see as a kind of counterpart to that is um, his book, where in the world is the church? I, I, I think mm. it's sort of out of print now, which is the problem. Probably. But it might, if you can get it, get it, because it is literally one of the best books I've ever read from him. Um, just, just how to do Christianity and culture. So the, the ones thinking yeah. about church as organism, the other one uh, thinking about it uh, as organization. Um, and so both, both really dealing with that subject, fantastic books. And then the one I always used to like to recommend is Jason Stellman's book, but unfortunately that was no, out of print we, now. We need, a, we need a Catholic. replacement for that. We, we need a replacement. Yeah. Like, well, know, I mean, yeah. We, need a, a we need a right one. Yeah. We need a right one. Let's write one. Let's write one and print it by the conference time. I mean, it's because the political uh, landscape's changing so quickly. We almost have to keep on rewriting it because true. the church, true. The church is constantly being, you know, distracted by all these latest emotional issues. Yeah, they need another reminder in light of this latest saga. That's a great point. Yeah, it's almost every every um generation has its instantiation of this of this issue uh, you know we've had, we've had covid we've had black lives matter we've yep. had yeah. the well, transgender you've got the ideology stuff thing going got on the israel gaza thing going on right now yeah. right right yeah just so much to pull away from the mission and what it is that we should be doing and but man, you see just crazy. on that like the, the 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 palestine thing is a classic example of why King, kingdom's theology is so important because right like like brew like you, you know, you've probably seen it on social media, like the streets of of London and pretty much every like major city in the, in the UK. Like there, there are loads. Like there's just hordes and hordes of these, um, uh, let's just say pro, uh, Palestinian um, uh, protesters who are, let's just say, at the very least, somewhat sympathetic to the cause of Hamas. Okay, let's just say that. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, like there are, <laughs> there are very blurred lines yes. um, in, in that. Now, if I'm watching that as a UK citizen, a Christian UK citizen, okay. So as a UK citizen, I find this very troubling. Like, I think this is, this is showing us just how much we've been asleep to, the, yeah. to, 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 to what has been happening all around us. Mm. And I can understand why some people, some, you know, uh, some in the UK, uh, patriots and nationalists and that kind of thing are getting very, 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 very scared and very worried. But this is the beautiful thing about being a Two Kingdoms guy is because actually I can I can temper that 
Mm. And I can kind of mitigate against that with my hope that actually my citizenship is elsewhere. So mm. even if the UK goes down and I, I find myself in the situation that I am now powerless to do anything about it, mm-hmm. you know, that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. So as a citizen, I can still do what I can as a citizen. But to be honest, as a citizen, it doesn't feel like there's much I can do when when everything is turning against it. And so actually mm. having that hope that that is above and beyond your role as a citizen in society, in society. I think that's, that's a huge and, and even, added, yeah. yeah, go for it. I was going to say, just added to that, you know, just two kingdoms uh, perspective on the land of Israel, you know, it's not a holy nation. Yeah. Mm. And uh, so our, our, our perspective is that they should be, you know, the whole issue should be resolved according to inter- international law. Common grace. They don't get yeah. a divine pass because yeah. they're, you know, it's not the holy land. God's not there in the temple with his Shekinah glory sanctifying that, right. that piece of um, uh, real estate. Right. And so, you know, we have to approach it from jurisp- you know, general equity principles as yes. opposed to mm. holy war principles. Yeah, that's what I was going to yeah. say. So you've got this strong, uh, you know, time for common grace and our understanding of natural law to shine. Um, but even just in the preservation of um, society, you know, as well, you're worried there about the fall of the UK and whatnot. So, I mean, you know, there is something there as well. Uh, every now and again, you go through these real rough times. And yes, on, at one level, the hope is in that which is to come, which is amazing. And hopefully most Christians will share that to some degree or another. But but the other thing that the distinctive sort of element of the two kingdoms thing is that there is a, a preservation of society throughout very, very rough patches. It's not always going to look you know, fair and equitable and awesome, but uh, there is a, you know, God, God himself by his own hand is preserving this thing. So you don't have to worry about the media shower until, you know, the end, which is, um, you know, when God ordains it, so to speak. And, and, um, and there is a real comfort in that. I think uh, just, just in terms of the way that society itself will be preserved uh, to God's ends. So it doesn't have to be redeemed, but it'll, it'll be, Preserved. So you don't think that the one third of the stars falling is a picture of the missiles over Israel that get no joke. That was compelling, but no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was helicopters. Helicopters. Yeah. Totally. Um, you made the um the the statement or the observation there, Nick, that it needs to come through again and again because of yeah. um you know these various um instances where where it sort of pushes the issue and, and highlights the issue again. So uh, I think that's that that's I mean, that is absolutely exactly right. I was preaching about this on Sunday at some level um, because it sort of occurred to me, I was preaching on the on the situation with um, Jesus' ministry in the synagogue and then the demon sort of starts manifesting and Jesus kicks him out and so forth. Um, and, and you sort of, okay, what's the reason for that demonic sort of, you know, stirring at that point? And there, obviously there's a lot going on, but certainly one of the things that most of the older commentaries will bring out anyway is that it was just, just, part of this plain old strategy um, to get attention away from the word whenever it's properly preached. Right. And so whatever else we're going to say about it, and I think there is more and something more unique going on, but just as a general sort of principle, I think it is, it is true that, you know, this is, this is a fair statement. Satan from the beginning, from Genesis three fifteen, has had this mission to keep God's people away from that central hope and uh, to make their mission about something else. So whether you've got uh, that looking like Cain killing Abel, um, because, you know, hey, we're, why, why do we have to bother with the blood sacrifice? Why don't we just bring the works of our own hands? Uh, or or uh, all the way through to, you know, marriage to foreign women and 
other covenant lineages and so forth, or and other lineages outside of the covenant, or you know Israel's sort of nationalism and its pride, you know, versus its its uh, its movement in the in the Abrahamic promise, or you know, all the way to the Pharisaical movement, you know, versus the hope in the Messiah, or beyond that, all the way through to like asceticism, mysticism, you know, in the early church, or or uh, you know. Uh, think about the the way it was all about the crusades and politics i mean my goodness this is a theme so what what struck me is that it's almost like okay yes satan had this demon kind of distract people from the ministry at that point but really in general he doesn't need them <laughs> you know it's like we just do fine distracting ourselves or or or, <laughs> or uh, you know it's like it's only really when our attention is on the word to begin with that that you know demons are necessary at that level because it's like you know we're just doing this work for them uh you know couldn't be more distracted with all the stuff going on um and and you go from you think about these situations um that the poor old synagogue goers of the time would have had to undergo because you know the the pharisaical movement was so i mean basically they were just they weren't even really preaching the bible at that point they were they were they were using these rabbinical allegories and and they were you know applying the the laws of the pharisees you know and, and so you would have to think about going to the synagogue week after week after week after week uh, no demons but but are you any less distracted at that point i mean there you are just talking about everything but the messianic hope everything yeah. but the gospel promise and so I, I just like as i thought about that i thought that is just the experience of so many christians now yeah. they'll yeah. go they'll spend years at a church they'll go from they'll go from one week to the other week and they'll hear about a rabbinic a rabbinical allegories and their equivalents you know again and again all sorts of distractions no demons but who needs them we're as distracted as we could be. So. That's where the Lord's Supper is so helpful. Proclaim the Lord's death until he until comes. Until he comes, yeah. That There's that little moment right there. <laughs> totally, totally. And that little moment, that little moment, the fact that you know it's there's no there's, you haven't got a thing, you got you got no place in your service to put that little moment if your service is distracted. You're, the, the Lord's Supper starts feeling awkward. You know, it feels like, like what, it feels like a tag on that's just tag like, on. Like, do we ritual. have to? Oh, this is such an awkward, like old school thing. Do we have to even have this religious yeah. theater? Yeah, exactly. And and that's what we've seen, right? That's like you know, together with this large scale distraction and just this wasteland of what's supposed to be church. Uh, you have like no place for the Lord's Supper, no place for sacramentology. Coming right back to our uh, point there in the beginning with um, Michael Haken's book, but yeah, you have you have this. Um, uh, to to have the weekly Lord's Supper, I think, is a real help. Um, you know, yeah. alongside things like, um, you know, just a focused two kingdom understanding and uh, regular preaching of the gospel with a law gospel contrast. You know, uh, these these things are just pivotal in terms of um, keeping the mission of the church steady and moving forward in the way that it should be. So, more resources on that, please. Amen. Amen. All right. Our work is now cut off for us. <laughs> Go forth and conquer and write. Um, good. Next Monday, guys. Come hell or high water. Hey, I'm ready. All right, we're doing this thing. We got we got a conference. We've got to we gotta do this. We gotta we gotta we hang got, in there. We got, got a goal. conference, we got a book, we've got we got deadlines. We got deadlines. We gotta we gotta <laughs> up the game. 
got a new phd on 2h sojourning stuff coming out Woo! It's when are you doing it like it's gone <laughs> yeah this is enough to suck you up nick for your grandpa grandpa days hey yeah Imagine time to kick in that writing kick in that writing side of nick cleveley hey uh, and he's, he's tempted. Good. You can tell he's tempted. You can tell. You. We're, we're getting tell. to him. We're this, getting this, to him. Is, this is the same look that I had a while back when yeah. I used to talk about whiskey. Yeah. I shall yeah. not be moved. <laughs> <laughs> now, now he's practically a distillery, which is awesome. 